this week on the Yeg Sports Podcast. Canada, ripping it up at the World Juniors. The Oilers make a splash in free agency. And the Raptors suck, apparently. I'm Ethan Beduza. And I'm Ryan Mackney. And you, sir, are listening to Yeg Sports. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Egg Sports Podcast. My name is Ethan Beduza, and I like to start by apologizing to absolutely nobody. And uh, I'm joined in my refusal to apologize by my co-host, Ryan Mackney. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Today's a very, very special day. And we'll get to that in a minute, but before we do, I just want to address the most recent episode of Brad and Nell's What's News, um, and uh, a, a, a certain statement read by a certain individual. Uh, I'm confused, Ryan. Brad wants us to apologize, and I don't know what he wants us to apologize for. <laughs> uh, he was not specific. He just said, apologize for something for for the fact that he couldn't be on his own show and so we went on is that it i don't know maybe i listened to the new episode because again it's not on apple so i don't get notified when it comes out i have not listened to it yet you were um, just like probably something dumb you're just like they brought this brad guy back screw that i'm not listening to it <laughs> um i think he's really chapped that we haven't invited him onto the show yet I honestly think we should. I think that's what it... And I'm going to drop a little tease for all the listeners. We do plan on having Brad on in a future episode of the show. The timing's not right. But it will okay. be It will be in, in 2021. One of the things you can look forward to is Brad Sonnenberg being invited to... I don't know if he'll accept the invitation. I can't speak for him. But he will be invited onto... An episode of Yeg Sports, probably, and it'll be three hours long. It will. It. it you know what? It'll, we'll just make it a like a charity thing, and it'll be like a twenty-four hour live stream. <laughs> and the whole time is just going to be Ethan trying to get the thing back on the rails the entire and, time. And at the at the end of twenty-four hours, I'll look through my notes. And I'll be like, man, we had like seven more things to talk about. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, look forward to that. In uh, we, have, we have other guest things planned in the future as well to look forward to. So just let, let me tell that you out there. Let me tell you, the next month here on Yeg Sports is going to be going to be exciting. I know the last couple of weeks have been kind of a a blur because we've been putting up so much stuff, so much crap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for the next couple of weeks here on the show because yeah, we got some. We got some folks coming on. Hopefully, we got some more folks coming on. We're still working on the finer details, but uh, stay tuned. If 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 you like our show but don't really like us, you prefer when other people come on, this one's for you. <laughs> but Ryan, as you said, today is a very, very special day. It might even be just the greatest day of all the days in the year. Um, Ryan, remind me the date today is December the 31st. 
And that is a very special day in our hearts and hopefully the hearts of all of Oilers Nation. Today, this December the 31st, in the year of our Lord's 2020, is Gaetan Haas's 28th. Is 28th? 28th. Gaetan Haas's 28th birthday. Happy birthday to our favorite player here on Yank Sports. Uh, and to celebrate, we're gonna be do we're gonna be throwing Gaetan Haas a special birthday bash. He's the kind of the theme of our episode today. Um, so before we go and talk about actual sports stuff that's happening, Ryan, what is your favorite thing about number ninety one on the Edmonton Oilers? Um, his first NHL goal, how he didn't even know if he scored it or not because it was a tip from Cassian. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about Gaetan Haas is just, first of all, he has a really cool nickname that I wish more people would start using. Twits Army Knife. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And it's so accurate because he does everything. And he literally is Swiss, in case you were not Yes! <laughs> like, you need a goal? He'll get you a goal. You, you need a fourth-line center because your GM was too stupid to re-sign Riley Shan. He'll be a fourth line center for you. He'll kill some penalties. He's got he's got speed. He's got a little bit of skill. He's got good hands. He's great defensively. I just where where did Shane go on PTO again? Uh Buffalo. Buffalo? Yeah. I think it was Buffalo. He wants to play with Taylor Hall, apparently. <laughs> Why? No idea. Jokes. Uh but yeah, Gaetan Haas does a little bit of everything. And uh he was the best player in the Oilers series against Chicago. So despite playing one game. Him and Caleb Jones. He was better than everyone. Yeah, I agree. He was literally the best player on the ice. So, (laughs) if by any chance Gaetan Haas is listening, first of all, we're honored. We love you so much. Please don't ever leave Edmonton. Uh, We want to see your name on the Stanley Cup right underneath Edmonton Oilers. Happy Mm -hmm. birthday. Hope it's a... Oh, it's a great birthday for you. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see you put up uh, 80 points next year. (laughs) (laughs) In like 40 games. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, you know, he's going to be like on the taxi squad for a couple of games because hockey coaches are dumb. Just ask ask any ref ever. Hockey coaches are real stupid. Uh, So let's get into it. And vice versa if you ask the coaches. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it can't be their fault, though. No way. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into some of our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we're going to stay on hockey. We're going to talk about the World Juniors. That's the thing that's happening. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to switch up the order a little bit. We're going to start with our World Juniors Advent Calendar. Uh, this is the last... Well, actually, we'll probably mention it briefly next week, but this is the last kind of introduction to an advent calendar so uh let's recap last week's which feels like we recorded forever ago yeah nine days that's still a long time ever had in between episodes i know it's weird i mean we've been recording like our genius yeah but yeah it's been a while since our last normal episode all right so uh ryan i believe you had the john tavares patrick in 09 correct yeah Okay, and then my moment 
was from a year prior, Matt Halaschuk's gold medal winning goal in overtime. With 60% of the votes, John Tavares' hat-trick heroics against the United States takes home uh, this edition of the World Juniors Advent Calendar. And so now, we've done this four times. For a month, we've come back every week. We've introduced our one of our favorite moments. And now we're going to take the winners of all four mm-hmm. advent calendars and put them together in a head-to-head duel of the death. Well, it's not a duel because there's four of them, but you know what I mean. So we're going to take the winners. And just as a reminder, the four winners of the World Juniors advent calendar, John Tavares Patrick in 2009, Jonathan Taves' shootout hat-trick in 2007, uh, the 2015 gold medal game against Russia, and Jordan Eberle's goal in the 2009 semifinal. So we got two from the 2009 tournament, which I'm surprised there isn't more from that tournament here. But <laughs> um, And then one from 07, one from 2015. I'll put a poll up on the old Twitter machine. And uh, you, the listeners, get to pick your favorite of your favorites. And we will crown the best moment in world in Canadian World Juniors history. How's that sound? Sounds great. Do, do you have one here that you're, like, campaigning for? I'm probably going to vote on both my accounts for Everly. It has cool to be, Ebbs, right? It <laughs> has to be. Yeah. There's no way it isn't. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we we shall see. So yeah, head over to at Yeg Sports Pod on Twitter. Go vote, retweet, tell your friends. Let, let, I want to get as many people as possible voting on this because I want to see who who really takes the crown. So let's actually discuss the current edition of the World Juniors. Um, by the way, this is time to plug our World Juniors show. We uh, record after every Team Canada game. So, yeah, go listen. It's like a hybrid of a pre-post game show. Uh, yeah, we'll be recording one tonight after Canada-Finland. So, uh, yeah, go give it a listen. It's everywhere you can find this podcast. So, Canada's 3-0 and at the tournament. Not really a big surprise, right? No. It's more of a surprise than it would be in other years, I think, but mm-hmm. still not really a surprise. Well, we got a pretty easy group, though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, that's not really what I want to talk about. What I do want to talk about is the debate that I, we seem to have this every year. Um, is the World Juniors Tournament broken? Is, are there too many teams? Are there too many blowouts? Should we make the tournament smaller? Like, what are your general thoughts about this ridiculous question? Um, I think that the more teams that you have, that I, I understand that there will be teams that are clearly not as good as the top teams, and it could lead to blowouts. I understand that. That's that's how it be. I feel like um, the more teams, the better. Now, there's a certain point where that gets out of hand. But the fact that people want to go from 10 to 6, no, no. But let's not go from 10 to 6. Um, you, you need to have your ranked 6 to 10-ish 
hockey countries in the tournament. You have to have your rank like 10 to 16 guys gunning for a shot to get into the tournament. Um, that's how you grow the game in your not top five nations. Um, that's how you inspire the youth to play hockey. That, that, this, this is, I think if, if you want to like decrease it to six, it's, it's short, it's short sighted because you're not looking at the future of hockey in places other than the big five countries. Um, it's also selfish. You just do well, You don't want to watch a blowout. Okay. No one's don't forcing watch you it. to. Yeah, like if, if if you're like, oh, this better be a close game, and then Canada scores the goal to make it eight nothing, you can not watch it. Like if if, if that's a problem, yeah, that, I don't see that it, that is an option. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if you guys knew that, but you can turn the game off. Yeah, which like, and if you if you want to watch Canada anyways, if you're like, no, I'm not turning it off. I want to watch. I want to watch and support this team. Then do that and don't complain about it. Like, yeah. I yeah, I feel like now. I feel like tens are pretty good size. I wouldn't want to like I wouldn't want to go much past ten, but I I really like the um like how it's di- the, the nine and ten teams are like usually different every year. It gives yeah. other teams a chance to play against the best and get better, and I feel like that's really good for the sport. There seems to be an attitude amongst Canadian hockey fans that uh okay I'll look at. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but stay with me because there is a point to this. So look at, you know, American sports fans, right? Um, you know, the sports that particularly American fans enjoy, basketball, football, baseball, you know, there seems to be this kind of ownership, right? Like we're the best the the baseball championship it's called the world series yeah despite there only being two countries and most of the time one country mm-hmm. the winners of the super bowl are the world champions even though all 30 teams are from one country and yeah. you know it it's this ownership like this, this feeling that this sport is ours and we can do what we please with it yeah. Right. Without, without, and basketball in in the last ten years, especially, has become more of an international game. And same with baseball, uh, but football especially. It's yeah, like there's you you don't have to regard it, like football. You don't have to care about what other people think because no one else plays it. Yeah. Right. So that's fine. But Canadian hockey fans feel the same way about hockey. You know, that it's it's our game. And I'm not disputing that. Like, hockey is part of the fabric of what it is to be Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd argue that every single Canadian, like, people who consider themselves to be Canadian, has experienced hockey at some point in their lives. They don't have to be a diehard fan, but they've either watched a game or gone skating or they're friends with someone who loves hockey, right? Mm-hmm. So, but They've at least heard of it, you know, exactly. They know <laughs> they kind of what's going on. They know yeah. it's a bunch of toothless guys on skates with, you know, a, a twig in their hands and you got to put yeah. a puck in a net. Yeah. Then the general rule, they, they probably know if they're from around here that the Oilers haven't been very good in their lifetime. You know? Exactly. Like 
Edmonton's a perfect example. Everyone in the city knows the name Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah. Yep. Doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter if you moved here from Azerbaijan <laughs> yesterday. You've probably heard the name Connor McDavid since you've been here. Yeah, no, I think so. So but and, and so there's this entitlement that it's our game, we can do what we want. Um and you see that, you know, fans that say, oh, you know, the team should have never left Quebec. The yeah. Colorado Avalanche shouldn't be a thing. They should have stayed in Quebec. Or the Arizona Coyotes should have never left Winnipeg. <laughs> right? And they get mad at Gary Bettman for, you know, sticking by the American teams when, I mean, really, Gary's just trying to grow the game outside of Canada, right? Because he understands that Canadian fans are going to show up regardless if there's a team there or not. Yeah. They're still going to watch the games on TV. And then, but, but that's what this debate is. It's Canadian hockey fans saying, oh, I don't like this. So get rid of it. I don't like mm-hmm. seeing teams get blown out. Get rid of it. Okay. Now let's look at German hockey fan. Okay. So we've talked about, you know, Canadian hockey fan Gord. Now let's talk about German hockey fan Leon as an example. Okay. Okay. Leon lives in, in Munich. He, you know, he watches the NA, his favorite player is Leon Dreisaitl. And he watches the German league and he wa- he loves cheering for Team Germany. He gets to see some of his favorite players at the World Juniors competing against Canada, Russia, the United States. Mm-hmm. And then if by some chance, like Germany just made their first quarterfinals ever at the World yeah, Juniors. Legit. How hype do you think Leon is right now? That's exciting as heck. Okay. And the other thing is, this is how, like, Team Switzerland is a good example of this. So ever since the tournament expanded to 10 teams, Switzerland has been there for every tournament. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, they got their butts handed to them a couple times by Canada and the States. Like, they just lost 10 nothing to Canada. And this year they didn't win a game. But but that's how you grow the program, right? Look at yeah. look at the talent Switzerland's produced over the last few... Like, Nino Niederreiter was kind of the first guy at the World Juniors for Switzerland who was a bona fide stud. Yeah. Right? Now they have Roman Yossi, who just won the Norris. He's the top three defenseman in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nico then you Heischer, have, then you have Nico Heischer drafted first overall. Like that doesn't happen if Switzerland's not at the World Juniors. No, he was taken ahead of guys like Pedersen, Makar, Haskinen, Patrick. Right, Glass. exactly. Like, and and yeah. it's it's a two sided coin here. On the one hand, as the national team, if you're given this opportunity to compete against the big nations, that's how you that's how you grow. You learn from your mistakes. And every year you strive to get a little bit better. So maybe instead of losing the Canada 10 nothing, now you're losing 9-1, to right? <laughs> and it's little steps you take every year. But then on yeah. the other hand, go back to Leon in Germany. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't play hockey, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say Leon's like 6-7 years old. Leon doesn't play hockey, but he sees his favorite player, Leon Dreisaitl, on TV. Like or maybe maybe his favorite player is Tim Stutzla. 
right? Yeah. He sees Tim Stutzla doing just ridiculous stuff to other human beings. Like, Tim, those guys have families. <laughs> Leon sees Tim Stutzla do this stuff and he says, Man, I, I kind of want to do that. And then he goes, asks his mom, Mom, can I play hockey? Right? Yeah. We, we talked about this on our, on our World Juniors Game Day show. German youth hockey registration is at an all-time high. At the same time, for the first time in their history, they have a team at the under-18s, at the World Juniors, and the World Championships in the top division for all three tournaments. Not to mention the junior team made the playoffs. Yeah. Also, like, first German player to win Art Ross, Hart, and Lindsay. All like, happening at the same time. This is guys, all happening at once. Guys, this isn't a coincidence. No. One affects the other. And the other affects the one. It's a cycle, right? Yeah. And the trick is to get that cycle, to, to get the motor running, right? Yeah. And Germany's done that. And now in 10 years, who knows how good the German team is going to be? And if the juniors were six teams, they would not have this opportunity. None of this would happen. Exactly. No. Your sixth team would be like the Czechs. And Germany's like, we're, we're seven, eight, nine. We're We're not going to, you know... Okay, I think they were they were nine a few years ago. Now they're at seven, but ten, yeah, ten, ten nothing games are boring. You know what else is boring? Hmm. Look at look at women's international hockey. There's like two, maybe three good teams. Yeah, right. It's Canada and the states every year. And mind you, Finland has built themselves a pretty impressive program lately. Yeah, but for like from '98 to basically 2014 it was canada u.s in the gold medal game every single time yeah ryan what do you think is better for the game as something falls off my desk (laughs) okay what's better for the game if canada and the u.s play each other in the gold medal game every year or if there's six to eight teams that are close to each other and every single one of them is competing i like the second option exactly so and I haven't even brought up my main point here about the World Juniors. This tournament is not for you. It's not for the fans. This tournament is an opportunity for players from the age of like 16 to 19 to prove their skills on a global stage in yeah. front of, you know, for the younger guys in front of scouts, for some of the older guys, for their management, for the front office. It, yeah. And and it's it's an experience for them. I'm willing to change my mind on this if I hear one player from you know Germany, Austria, Switzerland say, "Yeah, I'd I'd rather not be here." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this was a waste. If yeah, one player no. says that on TV, I'll be willing to change my mind on this. But in the 45 year history of this tournament, I haven't heard a single guy say that. I have not heard a single player say. Yeah, this was a waste. I'd much rather I'd much rather play in Div One and beat up on Poland and Lithuania. Yeah, like come on, guys. Also, Not- that's another thing. That's another thing there. If if you say, oh, it's down to six, then we're gonna see the Slovaks, Germany, and Switzerland go and absolutely dunk on Latvia and like Norway, and, and that's, it's not that's- gonna help get better. That's Those teams, gonna... like Norway's a good team and stuff, but like, and so is Latvia, but they're not going to get better from dunking on them. They're going to need to go up here and play the best. That's how it's you not, get It's better. not going to be fun for the German or the Swiss fans either, because now they're yeah. in the same boat as Canada is now. They're just yeah. beating up on these teams. Right? And so, yeah. like, 
But when I see people go on Twitter and say, oh, this is a joke. This tournament's broken. Shut up. Yeah, they don't you're, care. Not you're seriously you. telling me that this is boring hockey games is the number one thing on your mind right now? You don't have anything else that you can be worried about? Like, come on, dude. Give me like, these are teenagers. We're yeah. talking about teenagers, and you're acting as if this is the NHL. Like, let's you know what? I'm I'm gonna borrow from baseball here. Let the kids play. Let <laughs> them play. At, like stop trying I'm to at, fix the tournament. It doesn't need fixing. It it doesn't, it's fine. Um this, this tournament Canadian fan gourd. This well, is let's this, say Canadian. Hang on, sorry. I just I got one more thing. This tournament is the best hockey every single year. It does not need to be fixed. Sorry. Snaps. Go ahead. Um, let's say that Canadian fan Gord has always had a dream to be a race car driver, Gordy. right? And let's say Canadian fan Gord goes to the race. He goes to do a race car thing, right? And he like is last place by like several laps. And then Canadian fan Gord hears racing fan Mark be like, oh, yeah, this is a waste. This needs to be fixed. We have to shorten the amount of racers we have in a race because those guys suck. Canadian fan Gord is going to be like, no, I'm living up my dream. Yeah, so are the kids at the juniors. I, it, like, you have to put, put, it, put yourself in the perspective that you aren't a fan of one of the easily top five teams, okay? If, if, if on TV tomorrow, okay, if Austrian goalie Jacob Bradner goes up to the mic and he's like, you know, I think six six zero is right. We really should just be, stay in Division One. I think. Th- by the way, I think Sid six zero is right. I don't think anyone's ever said that ever, without being yeah. ironic. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I I like Sid six zero, but this this take that I'm going to see if I can pull up the tweet real quick because it's bad. It is just a horrible tweet. <laughs> Yeah, like the, these kids are here because they want to be here. The, no one, no one is forcing. No one is forcing these kids to go and lose to Canada and the states and Sweden. They want. Oh, you're to be exactly here. right. This is their choice. And frankly, if they're doing what they want, they don't give a shit what one person in Canada wants when they're watching TV on their couch. Yeah, it's, they don't care. It's um, not about them. Uh, okay. Shoot, I'm trying to find... Because there's one tweet that that really struck a nerve. Uh, oh, he might he might have deleted it. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> I hope he did, because it was... So he has one tweet that's like... Talking about the goal difference argument. And he's right. Goal difference rarely comes into effect as a tiebreaker. It's always head-to-head, right? Um, we I found talked, the tweet. I think we're talking about... Uh, not not the How to Fix the World Juniors tweet. There was another one. Mm. It was during the, the Switzerland game. Yeah, he might have deleted it. Um, one, another, another thing. So the common suggestion that we've seen is cut the World Juniors from 10 teams to 6 teams. Okay, if you want to say cut it down to eight teams, I have time for that argument. But saying, okay, so cut down to six teams, all right? So let's say the IIHF says, you know what, next year, six teams. Okay, so that means 
Canada, Russia, United States, Sweden, Finland, Czech Republic, right? Yeah. Okay, so not only is uh, Switzerland, Germany, who's going on the playoffs, uh, Slovakia, Austria, those guys all get bounced. You're still, uh, I'm assuming you're still going to have the, the relegation and the promotion. So that means the next tournament, one of Canada, Russia, Finland, Sweden, United States, Czech Republic, isn't going to be at the tournament. They're going to be at Division One. So, so not only hilarious. Not only are you getting rid of you know the lesser teams, but now one of the top teams, who's always competing for a medal, isn't even going to be at the freaking tournament. And what are they going to go do? They're going to go and absolutely destroy yeah, Norway. You think, Latvia you, you, think, you think 10 nothing games are boring? Wait until you see a 23 nothing game when the Czech Republic plays Latvia. Yeah. Freaking also. Or like, Estonia. Like, come on, guys. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. I think what would be hilarious is if all of Canada riots and they're like, yo, make it six teams. And then Canada has like a game like the rest screw them over, and then Canada gets relegated. Imagine that. That's probably what would happen if we're being honest. Oh yeah, like are you happy now? Like that's how the hockey oh gods work, God. man. If you're if you're being an yeah. asshole, then yeah. Um, <laughs> how it go, guys? Just it boils down to stop trying to fix the world juniors. It's already perfect. It's already such great hockey that just stop. Trying to just accept it for just what it relax. is, because what it is is I like I would much like anytime the world juniors are playing like during a regular season, if if the Oilers are playing and Team Canada is playing, guess which one I'm watching? Probably Canada. I'm picking Team Canada 100 percent of the time because the hockey technically. Isn't as great, but just the quality of play is just uh, unbelievable. Because I, I've said this for a while, the thing that sets apart the World Juniors from like the NHL is these guys are teenagers. They haven't figured out how to control their emotions yet, and mm-hmm. um, emotion is the number one ingredient for entertaining sports. Mm-hmm. Without emotion, you can't get a classic game. And yeah. and this tournament is full of it. This tournament is all emotion all the time, and I love it. And it's so much shorter than an NHL season that just looking at your like opportunity cost, you're better off watching the Canada game. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's enough ranting on the World Juniors. I think. Okay. Yep, and we'll get back to talking about them later today with the wrap up show for the Canada oh, exactly. game. We'll be talking about the World Juniors in like five hours. So. <laughs> uh let's stick with hockey. Yeah. Let's talk about our beloved Edmonton Oilers. Making yeah. moves. Making moves. You want to give us things. the update on, on All the moves right. they let's made? Let's start with the least significant ones. Um we got a couple PTOs. Hashtag be, PTO everybody. There could be more than this, but right now it's only two. We have PTO Devin Shore, who is a forward, age 26. I don't even know where he played last year. I think he's been traded a bunch the last couple of years. This guy might be able to like bump, I don't know, like Kara, Archie. I don't, I don't think so, but 
he he's been a top 12 forward for teams before. I I hate to root for him to not make the team, but I'm kind of not. I feel like our forward group is solid. It's another body at camp, though. He's a good guy. He can take face-offs at camp. I it's you know, it's a PTO, whatever. I'm uh, sorry. PTO I'm, we have uh, sorry about Devin Shore. I was kind of surprised that like he's only 26. Yeah. You know, normally PTOs are you know, you're like your uh was it Jason Garrison we PTO'd a couple of years ago? Yeah. When he was like 38 and yeah. just wanted a one-year deal to stay in the show. Like if yeah. if you know Devin Shore finds a way to make the team, then the Oilers might have something there. You know, they might have a project they could work on. Yeah. So we'll see. Other PTO. Um, Ryan Stanton, left defenseman, 31 years old. He has been in this organization before. He's played in Bakersfield. I think he played back in Oklahoma City as well. He, yeah, he's, uh, I, I, what, from what I've heard, he's a good guy to have there in Bakersfield with the youngsters. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's making the NHL impact, but yeah, another PTO. PTO yeah, fun. Would, would, would not be surprised at all if Stanton got a minor league contract. Yeah, I uh, think he will. Because, yeah, the Oilers have a lot of young... That he'll, he, first of all, even if he doesn't sign, I think it's a great move to PTO him because you have him in training camp and he can be around your Ethan Bears, your Caleb Jones, your Evan Bouchards, your Philip Broberg. Well, not Philip Broberg, but, um, you know, your young defenseman, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that move. Um, and then the, into our... Yeah, go we have ahead. some actual contracts now. Woot, woot. Um, we've brought in newcomer Slater Cuckoo on a one-year quack, deal. Quack, quack. Let's go. Quack, quack. So, yeah, Slater Cuckoo um, played for Chicago last year. He was good against us in the playoffs, um, unfortunately. Wow. Uh, we brought him in for $850,000. Oh He's God. also 26. He's both left and right D. It's a depth defenseman. Um, so people are extremely hyped about it because apparently if you look into the analytics a bit more, he's actually like really, really good. He's or got, he's got great really fancies. His fancies yeah, are unbelievable. Uh, I personally, I feel like, like I, I like the guy, but I, I was like surprised how like unexcited I was compared to everyone else about it. Um, my main thing about him, I'm just like, yeah, we signed him, but like we have young guys who are probably going to be in the top six. Um, also, we haven't extended Bear yet, so I'm like, I don't really care a whole ton. Um, but yeah, I think Cuckoo is going to be a nice, a nice addition to have. He, um, depth, he could play top six over Crussell. He depth on know. the left side, which we don't really have right now, right? Um, yeah, right like, now our left side is Jones, Nurse, Russell. So right and there, our right side is Larson, Bear, Barry. Yeah, like so. the ri- the right side, we were pretty good. Um, because yeah, we had we had Bouchard. He's on the right side. Um, yeah, but yeah, we needed like a fourth left defenseman. But yeah, I think Cuckoo yeah. should be playing over Russell. So probably, we'll see. and I I really like I I don't think GM should listen to the fans when when running a team. But it's still pretty cool yeah. to see Ken Holland go out and get a guy that a lot of Oilers fans were like, hey. 
and that's happened twice now, both with Cahoon and with Cuckoo. Yeah, there has been fan demand for it, and then it happened. Which also tells me that Oilers fans are really smart because these are really two these are two really good players the Oilers picked up. Um, yeah. Now, I agree. other big news, not a new face, but still good news. Oh yes, um, I mentioned in my lack of hype for Cuckoo the fact that. I'm like, yeah, Cuckoo's fine, but can we please extend Ethan Bear? And then, oh. what, five days later? Bang! Less than that, bang, there it is. Ethan Bear, 23 years old, on a two-year contract worth $2 million AAV. Um, I wish it was longer than two years, but for a low price of $2 mil, that's a steal. And he is only an RFA in 2022. I... Exactly. I thought that I thought that arbitration rights were allowed at that point, but according to Cap Friendly, it doesn't have the little hammer logo. So I don't know. I'm not clear on that. But I really? thought he had arbitration. He doesn't have arbitration. I thought he well, did. Even even but if he did, Cap Friendly, he doesn't right now. But so yeah, let's talk some of the the details on these contracts. Um, like even Barrett, when I first heard two years, I panicked. I didn't realize he was still an RFA after two years. Yeah. So, but then I saw RFA, that. Phew. Yeah, and minimum qualifying offer of two point five. Bear's going to get way more than that. So, yeah. What Even I like with about arbitration, I'm comfortable with it. What I like about this deal right now is that the Oilers are strapped for cash a little bit. The cleft bomb injury helps. But it's weird that it, to say that, but it yeah. does. It uh. It's a great deal for the Oilers, I think. Um, and Bear's going to get a long-term deal in two years. Yeah. Because how old is he now? Do you have his cap friendly open? Yeah. He, I'll, I'll include Jones in this. Bear okay. and Jones are both 23. Okay, They're he's both tw- RFAs in two years. So he's 23, right? In two years, he'll be 25. That's how math works. Uh, I, I check seven. <laughs> so he'll be 25. He'll still be an RFA. Like, geez, you could give him eight years. Sure. Why because, not? because at that point, the Oilers have a lot of money coming off the bo- books in the next couple of years. So yep. they'll have cash to give Ethan Bear a, a great contract. And now Ethan Bear has a chance to kind of prove it. this is a bet on yourself type contract, right? It, if he, yeah, if he, Ethan, if, let's just pretend for a, if he plays yeah. to his potential, man's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you said we have a lot of money coming off the books. Just looking at our blue line alone, if we let's pretend that we don't resign any UFAs mm-hmm. at the time that Bears contract expires. The only defenseman we will have under contract is Oscar Clefbaum with one more year and any like Bouchard ELC extensions that haven't yeah. happened yet. So, well, like, literally, he's yeah, like, think about there, it. There'll be, there'll be money for him and opportunity of time. Like, let's look at our defenseman right now. So, I think Clefbaum, we don't know what's going to happen with Clefbaum. We don't yeah. know how his shoulder is going to react. Um, Nurse, I think, is safe. I don't think he's going anywhere. Larson, I'd be a little surprised if the Oilers brought him back just because of the amount of depth we have on the right side. 
but who knows? Maybe they could slide someone over to the left side, which would be weird. But if if we here's what I think is going to happen with Larson, I think he's going to be third pairing behind Bear and Bouchard, and we're going to we are going to extend him. You and think that's because, I, I, that's because I think Tyson Berry's going to walk. Okay, but do you think Adam Larson will want to play third pair? I don't know. Maybe. Or do you think? Or do you think he's going to go to a team that wants to play him in the top six? Um, or top four. Sorry, I could see him going somewhere else. Right? Like I just, I hey, you know me. I am very high on Adam Larson, but you know, I just don't know how well he fits. I could definitely see him coming back. The Oilers could totally find a way to just put him in, but. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, like Jones and Bear, like, there's a good chance one of our defensemen could get taken in the expansion draft, like Chris Russell, as an example. We can protect three defensemen for or, me right or, now. Or, or we can pro- not in there. Or we can protect uh eight skaters and go four and four. We could. I mean, if see, you have to ask yourself: Is our fourth defenseman more valuable to you than our fifth forward well who's our fifth forward okay, i don't Mc- really know mcdavid dry <laughs> mcdavid dry settle new giamo who's five is it pulley uh, is it pulley rv tourists cassian i don't know i don't i think it's going to be one of the young ish guys so like a pulley rv or even a tyler ennis or yeah See, what we, we hypothetically could do a thing where we just don't re-sign Nuge until after the expansion draft, and then we can keep McDavid, Dreisaitl, Yamo, Pugliarvi, and Bear, Jones, Larson, Nurse. Yeah, okay. Assuming I... that Clefbaum qualifies for our protection because of a career-threatening injury, missing certain consecutive games. Blah, I, blah. Feel like, I feel like we're going to have this conversation, trust me, but we're... I think oh, yeah. we're too early uh, to be having our expansion draft talk. And I really, I just want to talk about these signings. But my point was also that... Also re-sign Nuge. In two, yes, re-sign Nuge. Kenny, we know you listen. Re-sign him now. Give the man whatever he wants. Um, I was saying something. In two years... Also, Larson's UFA that summer as well. But. In two years, when Bears... And still an RFA, and he needs new contract. The Oilers will be able to afford it. a very good extension, a long term extension. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Cuckoo, but before we do that, I know we're not doing shout outs yet, but I do want to shout out uh, Josh Park over at Oilers Nation for the Ethan Bear video he dropped on Twitter. Holy crap, that thing is funny. Did you watch that? I did. Oh my god! I'm gonna retweet it on the X Sports page. It's so good. Yeah, that's, that's great. I I love Josh Park. He's fantastic. I love that Oilers Nation scooped him up. Uh, so Slater Cuckoo, remind me of the contract numbers. One year, eight hundred fifty k. Oh my god! After this year, what a great deal. Yeah, like for eight hundred thousand dollars, you're getting. A, Easily a top six defenseman. Probably. And, you know, even if he's, even if he sucks, then, you know, you just don't bring him back. I just, the only case that 
I think he isn't top six is if Bouchard is absolutely insanely good and we move someone to the left. But I don't think way, I don't, I don't think the Oilers are going to move anyone to the left side. I just threw that out as an idea. I don't think it's going to happen because it's a lot easier to move a guy from the left side to the right side than from the right side to the left side because right defense, right shot defensemen always play on the right side. Yeah, like you never have a situation where you have like five right-handed shots and two left. And we do though, but <laughs> somehow that happened. For the last decade, we've been like, oh, man, the Oilers could really use a right-shot defenseman. Oh, man, they could really use a guy on the right side. Well, the future is now, old man. We have all the right-shot defensemen. Yeah, we, we have we have Larson, Barry, Bear, Bouchard, and Cuckoo wow. and Russell are lefty-slash-righty if we need, which we okay. don't. Um, I Also, also... um. Kemp and Berglund in the minors too. Whatever. Wow. All right. I just, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I just want to shout out Ken Holland because in two years, he has totally transformed this team. Like, let's take a look at all the guys that are here now that weren't here when Ken Holland got here. So let's start right, with James. R- rapid fire. Okay. James, James Neal. Neal. Kyle Curris. I, I'm Josh reading Josh Archibald. It. Okay, you read it. Do you have it up? I thought. I, I thought yes. I, You're oh. literally just repeating everything I was saying. <laughs> I couldn't hear you. Yeah. So guys that he that weren't James that Neal. Inherit. Yeah, Neil. Al Turris, Josh Archibald, Jesse Puliarvi. I'm counting that because he brought him back. Tyler Ennis, Dominic Cahoon, our Lord and Savior, Gaetan Haas. Happy birthday. Joachim Nygaard, uh, Tyson Berry, Slater Cuckoo, uh, Mike Smith. Eh. Yeah. Like, Mike Smith has somehow become slightly underrated after the playoffs. I don't know how it happened, but it's it's because he, he stunk is. it up in the playoffs. Yeah. It, he had a save. Like, anytime your save percentage starts with a seven, people aren't going to think you're very good. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I have a question. I, Ethan, before you continue, I also want to add the fact that Yamamoto, Bear, and Jones developed properly developed. Under, yeah, properly developed since Holland got here. Yeah. Despite him, he because, inherited them, but they got better. Because Holland said, no, we're not going to rush them. You're going to yes. stay in Bakersfield until you're ready. And then poof, all three of them are ready. Bear was, I don't know if I want to give credit to Holland on Bear because Bear was here right from the get-go. But Yamamoto and, and Jones, it was during the season that they got. Let, let's let's throw Bouchard in there too because when he gets here, he'll be ready. Yep. Uh, okay, I have a question for you. So mm-hmm. when when uh, Peter Shrelly was fired and then Keith Gretzky was the interim GM and then they hired Ken Holland, Throughout that whole kind of era of Oilers history, the number one complaint, like the number one weakness of the team was depth. Right? That well, was I heard the, a lot of things. I heard hey, a lot but, of things during that time. But it was either overall, de- yes. It was either depth scoring or depth on defense or goaltending in general, but goaltending depth. 
I'm pretty sure during that era, people complained about the salaries, the wingers, the depth. Hey, sure the enough, I'm asking the questions everything. here. I this okay. You shush. My question to you. Okay, you know what? Screw it. Even the last season, the biggest thing was was depth scoring, right? Yeah. Which is a form of depth. The biggest weakness for the Oilers was depth. Are the Oilers deep now? Yeah. We're see, there's if you look at our top six forwards. It's a yes or no question, I feel man. Like the deep, yes. We are top like looking at top twelve forwards, we are we have we have like 20 top 12 forwards and eight <laughs> top six defensemen. We only, I, I think we only have like four bona fide top six forwards, but people are going to get there. So, but hey, but what I'm saying is so last year, you know, let, let's not even talk about Oilers fans right now. Let's just talk about media, like Sportsnet, TSN, you know, those guys. Every yeah. time they talked about the Oilers, it was, yeah, Connor and Leon, they're two of the best players in the world, but they don't have depth. And then they would ignore Nuge. They would they would yeah. they would completely ignore Nuge. Exactly. And they would say that they have Connor Leon and everyone else sucks. And they just would forget Nuge even exists. Okay, my my point like, here. Hey, my, my point here is that last year, in the eyes of many, the reason that the Oilers were a good team, but not a great team. The thing that was holding them back was depth. And now, Ken Holland has gone out and made the Oilers a deep team. Yeah. I don't know. How, like Very quickly. How, how do you look at this team and say, and like, how do you look at the Oilers up and down their lineup and say, you know, or not say that they're the best team in the North Division? Because Toronto got Joe Thornton. But aside from that, yeah, this team is is very deep now. Like, are you I've, kidding me? Like, this team is scary. Ethan, who was our, like, 13th forward last year? Like, Patrick Russell? Patrick Russell, yeah. He's, what, our 17th forward Or maybe, I, I'd say, like, Nygaard. He was injured, though. But, yeah, yeah if he was healthy yeah. than him. He was injured all year, though, pretty much. But, like... Yeah. Even, even for me, the biggest... The thing... There were two things holding the Oilers back last year. It was goaltending. I don't know. But, uh, it was when the goaltending was bad. It was bad. Yeah. And it was their lack of depth. And let's like this team finished second in the Pacific last year behind only Vegas. Yeah. They were the and, best team out of any of the Canadian teams. Yep. They were one they were they were one point ahead of Cup finalists Dallas. They were three points behind and now, division winner Vegas. And now, in addition to McDavid and Drysaddle and Yamamoto all getting better because they're entering yeah. their primes, and Ethan Bear getting better, and Caleb Jones getting better, and hell, even Miko Koskinen's gonna get better because this is his like third season in the NHL. Yeah. Now the team has added Kyle Turris. They brought back Jesse Pulley-Arvey, Tyler, or not Tyler Ennis, Dominic, Dominic Cahoon, Tyson Berry, Slater Cuckoo. Like this, this team's winning the division. They, that's they definitely that's could. the baseline. 
Yeah. That, I, I'm going to get called crazy for this, but the absolute minimum for the Oilers this year, barring absolute disaster, knock on wood, they're, they're winning the division at an absolute minimum. And any, anything less than winning around in the playoffs is a complete and utter failure. And you know they're, what, Ryan? They're built you, well. You know what, Ryan? This is the first time in a long time I've said that about the Oilers and actually believed it. Because even, even after 2017, after 2017, I was like, hey, the Oilers... In the 2017 playoffs, the only team I was afraid of was Anaheim. And sure as shit, we lost to them. Yeah. But after the playoffs, um, you know, there was still a part of me that was like, you know, everyone kind of had a career year. Like, how good are they really? But yeah. hell, we know how good Connor and Leon are. We definitely know how good Nuge is. Yeah. It was so strange. Just like that run in 2017, it didn't like... I didn't see, maybe because it wasn't on Twitter yet, but I didn't see anyone being like, oh, that's not sustainable, right? But it, it, and there, but there was signs that it wasn't sustainable. Um, I tweeted this the other day, like Dan Rosen's like, yeah, we're about to, we're on the cusp of what's going to be several cups for Edmonton. But like, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I remember that. I remember in, in the summer of 2017, it was Oilers fans and Leafs fans arguing, not who was going to win a cup first, who was going to win more cups. Yeah. And like freaking. And, was... and since then, neither team has made it out of the first round. Yeah. Last year, neither team even made the first round. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this year, I don't see anyone calling last year a fluke. I see people like trying to discredit it because of that three games against Chicago. But no Shut up. We get it. You're an idiot. <laughs> but okay, but like I'm not crazy, am I? Have I completely I lost it? So. Like the Oilers are winning the division this year. There's there's a part of me that isn't quite as confident. It it's called being an Oilers fan. Because they'll it. find a they'll find a way to disappoint you. Oh, that's it. You know what? I don't care. I'm drinking. I did. You know what, though? Last year, I had... Okay, my prediction last year was that the Oilers were going to improve. Yeah. They weren't going to be a playoff team. But I had a feeling. There was a feeling inside me. And that feeling came from Ken Holland and Dave Tippett being in charge of this team. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they were going to do something unexpected. Yeah, And I'd say second in the Pacific was unexpected. I remember sitting there. I'm I like, have that same feeling this year. They're going to do good. something special. Good. I remember last year, I'm like, I know we got better, but looking at our division, I don't know who we're going to pass. Like Our Calgary, division sucks now. Well, here's, but last year, last year we saw Vegas and San Jose be cup contenders. We saw Calgary finish second in the whole flipping league. I'm like, okay, let's pretend that either Calgary or San Jose falls apart and the other one regresses a little bit. Can Edmonton catch them, though? You know? Also, Vancouver improved. And L.A. is still a playoff team. Well, what the hell happened to L.A. and San Jose? And Calgary, who fell back. Vancouver improved as, as, as advertised, but Edmonton shot the heck up there. They were on pace for 90, 92, 93 points. Okay, and, but, um, but, but let, let, let's look at our division real quick and just see how well the Oilers match up against every team. So let's start with 
the Senators, okay, the Senators suck. Um, th- hey, they're they're in the right direction, but they suck. The Habs, <laughs> shut up. The Habs aren't like the Habs just didn't suddenly become good overnight. The Montreal, hey, Corey Perry, hey, Corey the, Perry scoring the, seventy goals. The Montreal Canadiens. Guess how many more regulation wins they had than the Ottawa Senators? One. Exactly one. Shut up. The Habs aren't good. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vancouver. I think those could be pretty close games. But if I'm being honest, like, Vancouver just lost so much. And yeah. honestly, like. Basically, their GM just simmed past for agency on his GM on an accident and then lost all his guys. Uh, but like, do the Canucks even have an edge in goaltending? I mean, which Braden Holby are we gonna get? And was is Thatcher Demko for real? We don't know. I don't know. It's a question mark. Okay, Calgary. Yeah, we lost a couple times to Calgary last year, but like one of them was in a shootout, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we hit two posts. <laughs> um, but like boy, like honestly hockey. there's a few teams that I look at and like the Oilers have struggled a little bit but they finally got over the hump you know Edmonton finally won that game against Calgary in pretty special fashion Toronto's yeah. another one of those teams Edmonton won the last game against Toronto and it was like the first time we beat them in like two or three years yeah and they're they're starting to get over the hump. Um, yeah. Who else is left? Winnipeg. We usually play Winnipeg pretty well, mm-hmm. um, except for last year. Well, yeah, but but that like, there's no team that I look at in the Canadian division and say, yeah, they're going to run over the Oilers. It's the other way around. The Oilers are going to run over a few teams, yeah. and then they match up really well against every other team, like. Again, even if Montreal is going to be good, we always play good against Montreal, regardless. We we have, yeah, but that's the thing; they're not going to be good. Yeah, I feel like, and I feel like we should save something for the Oilers preview eventually. But what makes here's what makes me most confident in us this year: it's that Dan Rosen was not confident (laughs) in us being a playoff team, and Dan (laughs) Rosen has literally been wrong about the Oilers for five straight years now. We're going on a run, baby. (laughs) <laughs> okay, straight up, straight up. Dan, Dan, okay, 2016-17, Dan Rosen's like, the Oilers are still not a playoff team. Made the playoffs. Then he's like, Oilers are winning the cup. They sucked. <laughs> then it's like, okay, this year the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, and they sucked. And then he's like, okay, the Oilers, they improved, but they still suck. Made the playoffs. Or, or you know, made the play in, blah, blah, blah. And this year, Oilers, he, he's like, you know, the Oilers, I think that they're, they're solid. They're kind of treading water a little bit. Um, I I feel like in that tough division, they're not a playoff lock, but I, I do have them making the playoffs. So his, his lack of confidence in us is insane. Also, Ethan, I'm looking at things. I don't see a way that we miss the playoffs in this um, division. Again, like, again, another disclaimer, barring major disaster. Like, okay, I'm not going to guarantee that the Oilers are winning the division yet, because they haven't released the game times for this for the for all the games. And so there's a part of me that's like, you know what? The NHL is gonna schedule all the Oilers games for like one o'clock. And yeah. then they're gonna go 0 and 56. Oh my god. But yeah. even 
Like, hey, but that's the thing. Even last year, the Oilers were okay in day games. I think they were like 500. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm I'm just going to double check this because... Is that like, a stat that someone tracks at easy access? Uh, yeah, hockey reference, they do like splits. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how there's four teams in this division who finish ahead of us. But... You know, this this is something I talked about a lot last year, like before we started this podcast. Like mm-hmm. all of the trends that the Oilers had, they seemed to break them last season. Which is okay, well, Ethan, my only my like only serious fear is that our special teams could regress a little bit just because they were godly last year. Well, yeah. So our five on five play. Okay, our obviously, five, on five play needs to get better. That's what I'm saying. I think it will, though. I also think it will because of our depth. I think and that's where the depth comes in. Like, we'll look and at the power play. Year of Yamamoto. We'll look at the power play. Obviously, the power play is not going to be as good as it as it was last season. But would you be surprised if the Oilers had the best in the league? No, you wouldn't. No, not with adding Barry. Okay, I'm trying to find. The pe- and the penalty kill, like we lost Shane as well, but like I, I feel like we still have guys. Yeah, but we there, picked so. up, or uh, I was gonna say Cal Turris, but that's kind of a bad example. Like Turris Ga- is not a penalty killer yeah, whatsoever. No. We have Gates on Haas. We have Juju Kara. You know, we we have Archie. guys like we Josh Archibald. Yeah, he gets overlooked all the time. Huge but he's, can kill penalties. Like, huge can. I'd prefer if he didn't, but yeah. Like yeah, Nuge, Tur- Nuge- there's no way Turris is making the penalty kill, man. Turris sucks defensively. I- I'd be fine with Nuge killing penalties like late in the game if we're up by a goal, right? But I just because yeah. shout out to uh, Tyler Uramchuk for bringing up this point. This was a few weeks ago on on one of the one of the uh, shows that he did. But like, think about it. Okay, you're on the penalty kill for two minutes. The other team's best players are on the ice trying to score. Mm-hmm. Okay. After that two minutes, the other team's best players are going to be on the bench because they were just on the ice, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so after a like, after you kill a penalty, who are the guys that you want on the ice for the Oilers? McDavid Dude. and whoever's playing with McDavid. Yeah. Because you want to go out and and shift the momentum, right? Yeah. But like, Nuge is so good defensively and in the faceoff circle too that. You know, minute and a half left in the game, up by a goal. I wouldn't mind putting him out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we will be talking much also, more Oilers. An- another just point on the penalty kill real, real quick. Sorry. Yep. Pooley RV said he's been practicing penalty kill. He said what? <laughs> did you not see that? Fuck, I did He said that he's that. been working right. on, on his PK game. So like we'll uh, see if that's we'll an option. Look out at NHL. You know it's what? Bold prediction in five years when we look back at the 2016 draft. Yeah. Uh, the Pooley RV pick is going to look a lot smarter than it does right now. I'm not I saying think, it's going to look like like the right guy at four, but it will look like the right guy in the first round. He's he's the man on a mission, dude. Indeed. He's yeah, got something to prove. Um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking. We'll, we'll are, are you going to let me talk or are you going to just do this too? 
See, th- th- this our audio is not synced today. That's what's going on here. No, it's not. Our audio is not synced up very well today. It's like um, every time I the in-person recording. I hope when that that needs to be a thing we can get back to. But um, yeah, go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, I know. We're moving on to the next uh, thing. Yeah, we'll be talking much more Oilers. Look out for our Oilers season preview bonus episode coming soon to a theater near you. Uh, <laughs> last couple of things I want to touch on today. Uh, I want to talk about the Raptors a little bit. They're 0-3 for like the first time in 20 years. What? Like, who saw this coming? Um, Yahoo Sports has a really good article. It is titled The Four Biggest Problems plaguing the Raptors during winless start and it essentially summarizes everything that's kind of gone wrong. The four reasons why the Raptors are 0-3. Number one, Pascal Siakam, his inside game has basically disappeared. Uh, he's 8 for 23 within 5 feet of the basket. Yeesh. Yeah. Uh, number two, the Raptors suck in the third quarter. Which... Yeah, mm-hmm. like watching every game, I'm, I see this. I'm like, yep. Uh, so versus the Pelicans, the Pelicans outscored them 38 to 22. San Antonio outscored them 30 to 28, and the Sixers outscored them 28 to 20 in the third quarter. Which, like, all three games, I think started out at least okay in the first half, and then yeah, the third quarter has just been brutal. Um, also, they're not shooting free throws. They're not drawing fouls. Uh, the Raptors rank last in the NBA in free throw attempts. Uh, 14 per game, which is not good. And also, the last wow. one is Norm, Norm Powell has hit a slump. He's 4 for 23 from the field, and he's been a minus in all three games. Uh, Ryan, my question to you. Are you worried about the Raptors? Um, I think during the course of a season, you are going to face adversity mm-hmm. and getting it over with early is not the worst. Um, I think that this team is too good on paper, especially relative to the rest of their division and conference to miss the playoffs at all. Oh. Um, so I can't believe like, you even said it. What? Yeah, they're going to be just playoffs. And yeah, they're going to be just fine. I mean, if if this continues for long enough, then they might not be finishing at the top of their conference as we predicted, but just make the playoffs and you're fine, you know? And there's no way they're not going to do that. Um, I, yeah, like they're going to, I don't know how long this little bit of a slump goes on for, but you're going to face adversity. Let's get it over with. Let's dump it the rest of the season after that. I'm I'm not worried in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I understand that it's a shortened season, but it's only by ten games, so we're we're talking about three of seventy games. The trick is though, they mm-hmm. gotta turn it around soon because every game that you lose now is one more game that you have to win in March. Yep. To, exactly. to be where you want to be, right? So um, I think honestly, right now it's just something to talk about, you know, because like I said, it's like the first time in 20 years, they've gone 0 and 3 to start the year. They're under 500 for, I think it's the first time since they made the playoffs in 2014. 
mm-hmm. that they've been under 500 during a season. Yeah. Because, hey, the Raptors are a very good rate. They're kind of like the Leafs of the NHL. Actually, yeah. no. No, 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 no. They're the Blues of the NHL. Always really good in the regular season. Could never really get it done in like the yeah. second, third round. And then they won their championship. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you said, I think they're going to be fine, but I'm a fan. I'd like to see a win soon, please. <laughs> yeah. Please, Mr. Raptors. Please, uh, Can we have I'll a win? Some more. <laughs> There's your okay. obscure novel reference for the day. Actually, oh, yeah, it is a novel. I was thinking of the play, but mm. <laughs> the play based on a novel. Shout out yeah. Charles Dickens, one of... <laughs> One of the few authors or writers of something that's like actually worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Relax. Jeez. All right. Ryan, this is our last show of the dumpster fire Sunday that is 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a Sunday, but it's made of a dumpster that is on fire. Oh, you meant like Sunday, like the. The dessert, not the day of the week. Why would I mean the day of the week? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, oh it did it. That's why I questioned it. <laughs> okay. So I know there wasn't a lot of sports this year compared Frick, to other I want, years. I, I want a Sunday. Are you continue. done? <laughs> are, are you done? Yeah. Can I can I continue with this segment? Uh-huh. So there wasn't a lot of sports that happened in 2020. Um before the show, I asked for one, but feel free to share multiple. Uh, your favorite sports moments of 2020. All right. Um, I think the Oilers signing Gaetan Haas, at the time I wasn't excited, but in hindsight, I really should have been. That was technically 2019, though. Um, but yeah, uh, so that, that was nice thing that happened like over the course of this year. But for me, though, the big thing that... And it feels weird to say that this was 2020 because it feels like it was like three years ago. But um, the World Juniors, the gold medal game against Canada, down 3-1, win 4-3. That was exciting. I watched that with you and among others. There was others there. Yes, there was. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was, that was a good time. It was a long, long time ago. And that was hype. Also, just the fact that the Oilers played a postseason game. That's nice. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you have any others that you? I'll, 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 I'll let you knock out your, your your top ones first, and then I'll see. Okay, it's just because I remembered one, but I'm just trying to figure out like when it was. Uh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think I found yeah, it. If you miss anything huge, I might chime back yeah. in if I think. Um, else. I got a hockey thing. It's the best regular season blowout game I've ever watched. I mean, how can I not say the final edition of the Battle of Alberta this year? I mean, that game was the most entertaining regular season game I've ever watched. It shouldn't have been the last meet of the season either. I know. It just happened to be. But but just like this season, and I know like 2019 too, but I mean, really... The Oilers and Flames' first game was after Christmas, so it's basically a 2020 thing. Uh, We're doing that shit again this year. We don't play the Flames until February. That just means we got to play them more in less time. 
which is fun. Like, okay, we're playing them 10 times this year. What more do you want? <laughs> Jeez. But like the reignited Battle of Alberta as, you know, making me feel like a kid again. <laughs> this, this, oh, man, I love... I just I love having an enemy that you can just hate and loathe. It it makes sports so much entertaining. Also, it gave birth to the Buddy Robinson meme. So, Buddy Robinson, <laughs> our comic action hero. I'll remind you that is a real name of a real hockey player who went to college with Johnny Gaudreau, apparently. Buddy. <laughs> um. Also, one that I thought of is. Honorary Edmontonian Dustin Johnson finally winning the Masters. Uh, that was in November. I was pretty hyped when that happened. Um, I think maybe not one of my favorite memories, but that definitely something that's going to be burned into my mind, uh, <laughs> like for as long as I live, was the day that sports shut down. Right. Yeah. It was kind of, it was like March 13th or something. It was and March it was, 11th, 12th. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of this, the symbolic moment where our lives kind of changed forever. Right. <laughs> that was I the mean, first thing to fall was sports, right? But yeah. Before, it was, before school, before the yeah, rest of life. Yeah, yeah. That was the first, the first pillar to fall was sports. So, yeah, I remember I was watching a hockey game, and during the intermission, they said that the NBA canceled their games. And then the NHL was, I think, the day after. Next and, morning. Then, and then Major, Major League Baseball said, no, no, we're, we're just going to shut down spring training for a week. And then, uh, nope, psych. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely something that's going to be burned into my memory. Like, I just – there's so much from – Alfonso Davies becoming a superstar with Bayern Munich, yeah, uh, winning winning the Champions League. That's that's another uh, fond memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just I have I'm, three more things to mention. Go ahead. Um, the Blue Jays played a postseason game. Did they? To, to, to surprise, yeah. Forgot about that, but they, that was they, cool. they played two, didn't they? Yeah, they did. <laughs> didn't didn't feel like it, man. Like yeah, again, it was, it was a, nice, a nice surprise that whole season, right? Yeah, well, it was nice following the Jays in a, in a playoff race again. Um, another thing for me is, um, I've been saying this for a long time. The NHL needs a thirty-second team because mathematically it would make me more satisfied. And they got one, and it there's a team name that I was bargaining for right from the very beginning. I wanted Kraken, so they were announced. That's exciting. Um, and the last thing for me is we started a sports podcast. That also happened. That's sports related. That should be everyone's favorite memory. It's still yeah. our top episode. Yeah, freaking the first one is still the most listened to episode somehow. Like, what the heck? How did that happen? Um, yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. We finally, like, we had been talking about it for a while, right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it was like, well, because I remember, like, we'd freaking be, like, going to, like, a game. And it's, like, a, what, 24-minute drive to the rink in, in decent traffic. And we just would have conversations about stuff. And we're, like, darn, I wish we were, like, recording these to, like, you know, post or, like, share with people, you know? We have all of our best ideas when driving to hockey games. I'm starting to notice that. Agreed. All the time. 
Either uh, either driving the games or like busing when we we do the bus for that week. Yeah, freaking. Well, yeah, I wasn't paying for parking all week. Get out of <laughs> here. We'll take the bus. Thank you very much. Although it was probably like the same price. Um, uh, easier. There was. I'd say yeah, August first, the day that the NHL officially returned. That yeah. that was really cool because social gatherings were still a thing at that point. And yeah, so like yeah. I got together with, with my whole family who is who essentially cursed me to being an Oilers fan my whole life. <laughs> um yeah. I remember there was a game there, that we watched together reason for it. as well. Yeah, it was but yeah, like that first game, I threw my Oilers jersey on. We had it. We had a big hockey his back party. It was mm-hmm. cool. And then yeah. the Oilers for lost that, like, for for that week where the Oilers were like you know playing hockey. It was like in an, it was in a nice grace period in between the waves of the plague where like you could actually like do things, and like we saw some peoples and stuff. It was fun. And for um, three and for three hours, you forgot about the crap that was going on in the yeah. world. I remember right? like waking up August first, and I just went to my TV and I watched pretty much all of the Carolina New York Rangers game. Two teams I don't really care about that much. I mean, right. I'm 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 definitely a closet Rangers fan, especially now with Laffy. But like, <laughs> yeah, I just watched it, and I remember when um when Mark Stahl scored, I like raised both my hands silently into the air. And I was a bit confused why that happened. I I just was excited about sports and stuff being back. I, I don't know. It was a weird. It was weird. Also, I got Twitter this year. That's usually sports related. That, that's my favorite sports memory. Was you finally getting Twitter? Because I told Even you, only like half of the things I like, see, and tweet are about sports. It's still fun. <laughs> I hey, I told you if like you should get one social media and it should be Twitter because you would you get the most enjoyment out of Twitter. Agreed. Like, and I to, think like, I was right. Yeah, I because like the ones I what I don't have like it was like Instagram and Twitter like the, and I guess TikTok now were like the big things that I didn't have and um, Twitter hey, was Ryan, you, the right choice. You broke uh, the first commandment of Yig Sports. Thou shalt not mention TikTok on thine holy podcast. I did not. Uh, know that was a thing. So you well, will be banished for eternity. We're gonna send you to like Brad and Nell's What's News, which is <laughs> podcast purgatory. Oh, I, I'd be back on that show, but I want to get back on this one as well. That, after. that was fun. <laughs> um, so what do you say we wrap up? Well, wrap up 2020. We're, we're recording another show tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap up with some trivia. How does that sound? I, no. Damn it. I always forget. Shout outs. We need to do shout outs. Shout outs. I'm going to let you for this week. Yeah, go ahead. Mark Letestu, Letestu. announces his retirement. The mustard man. The Mark Latestu and the Latest Tube himself, number 55 for your Edmonton Oilers. Um, he scored more goals than McDavid during our last playoff run. You know the guy, <laughs> Mark Latestu, freaking power play legend, right-handed shot sniper face-off man. I miss that guy. We traded him for Pontus Aberg, who was, I don't even know. Lol. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's his retirement. Um, I just hope that somewhere he's sitting there. Thinking back on his time, he's got jerseys on the wall, mustard in his mouth, and he's enjoying a good retirement. <laughs> I love how he did that one time. And well, actually, he probably did it every time. We just didn't notice. But yeah, freaking. Oh man. I it, 
there's a few players that, you know, as soon as they retired that, that I would bring back for like a reunion tour with the Oilers, like Alex Hemsky's one, I would love to bring him back for a year. Um, when he, when he was playing in like Dallas or whatever, Mark Letest is definitely one of those guys because like, he kind of reminds me, excuse me, of Gaetan Haas a little bit. You know, he's that guy that can do anything. Power play, also penalty Pisani. kill. Pisani a little bit in the playoffs. Yeah. Guys are stud. Uh, I'll never, never forget Mark Letestu. Never. Honestly, yeah. One of my favorite Oilers. He was just awesome. And because I associate him with the 2017 run. Yep. So, yeah. Very much shout out to him. I hope he has a nice retirement. I don't know. Maybe career in management. Who knows? But yeah, all the best to him. Uh, just one shout out for you this week. Yep. Okay. My other, my other one was the birthday of Gipton Haas, but then we just blew that into the whole thing. Well, you say that as if he doesn't deserve it. Oh, he absolutely does. Freaking right after midnight when I first noticed, I checked my phone and I, I tweeted about it. So big party for Haas. My shout-out this week, I know it's cheesy. Just shut up. Just listen. Um, my shout-out to this week is to everyone listening to this podcast and to all your friends and family. Uh, I want to shout you guys out for making it through the worst year of all of our lives. Um, honestly, y'all should be proud of yourself because, yeah, this year was a shit show if I've ever seen one. Uh, so, yeah. Congratulations to everyone for making it through. We're not quite out of the woods yet, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's getting a little bigger every day. So mm-hmm. shout out to everyone. Congrats. Uh, I'm proud of all of you, Ryan. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Good job, everybody. So let's say we wrap up 2020 with some Yeg sports trivia. Let's do it. All right, Yeg Sports Trivia, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Ryan's going to get five questions. They're all surrounding one theme. Uh, after the third question, you can choose to use a lifeline for either of the last two questions. Ryan, today's trivia topic, it's his birthday, so I figured why not. Today's trivia topic is Gaetan Haas. How do you feel about your knowledge of Gaetan Haas? I'm a big fan of Gaetan Haas. I hope that I have enough of the knowledge. I don't know how obscure it's going to be, but yeah, I, I, I feel all right. I, I do know me some Haas. I don't think any of it's really obscure. It might challenge your knowledge of Swiss hockey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm actually rooting for you. I want you to get five for five on this one. Well, thank you. Are, are you ready? You ready to start? Let's rumble. Question Let's get on with the show. I can't read my own writing, so I got to Google the answer to this question. <laughs> get so. get on with it. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I can already tell I'm going to put the Kawhi laugh in when I, when I edit this. Okay. Ryan, question number one. <laughs> We all know Gaetan Haas is the best player to ever come from Switzerland. (laughs) But what city in Switzerland was Gaetan Haas born in? Um, (laughs) 
How many Swiss cities do I know? I imagine you know a couple. I don't know. Maybe cities a bit. Municipality. I li- the thing is, I read this this morning. That's that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about right now. I because I read this this morning. It starts. I can. It's like it's not a very long, not a very long word, dude. If you don't know it, you don't know it. I don't. Then I don't know it. <laughs> Just say something. Um, Switzerland, Switzerland. <laughs> no, it's not Switzerland, Switzerland. Uh, the correct answer is Bonnful, Switzerland. I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong. Uh, I'm gonna give you some facts about the hometown of Gaetan Haas because it's actually a pretty interesting uh, little town. So it's in like the very northwest corner of Switzerland. I think that's the French part of Switzerland. I don't know. Um, so it, at the last, at the most recent census, it has a population of 666 people. Even if I like knew my Swiss geography, there's no way I know about this place. No, it's a very small town. Like I'm pretty sure I grew up in a bigger town than, than this. Um, <laughs> So, fun facts about Bonnful. Uh, it was in World War One. It was the beginning of the Western Front. So, mm-hmm. there was a network of trenches that extended from, from the English Channel to Switzerland. It was at this point in Switzerland where the Western Front stopped. So, nice. I think that's pretty cool. It's also, according to Wikipedia... It was home to one of the most hazardous waste landfills in all of Switzerland. Cute. And there's a whole section on the Bonnful waste dump. <laughs> well. So there you go. That's Gaetan Haas's hometown. Question awesome. number two. I switched. This was originally question three, but I'm making this question two. All right. It's a true or false question. At the 2012 World Junior Hockey Championships, Gaetan Haas was named one of Team Switzerland's best three players of the tournament. True. Absolutely. Haas is a legend. Correct. It is true. Uh, I want to double check. I want to see who else was on that roster. I should have checked this before. 2012 World Juniors. If he's not top three in that year, I don't know who is. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's take a he look. Sure would, he sure be too young still, and Nita Robert would be too old. So I can't think of any of the Swiss relevant guys. Okay, I'm just looking at Team Switzerland for names that I recognize. Sven Berchi was on this team. Okay, he's, he's solid. Sven Andrighetto. <laughs> Andrighetto. Uh, and other guys named Sven. <laughs> Literally, the whole team was, their names were Sven, except for Gaetan Haas. Gaetan and the Svens? Pretty much. Okay, we're starting a band, by the way, and it's called Gaetan and the Svens. Gaetan and the Svens. You're one for two. Moving on to question three. Name every league title and international medal Gaetan Haas has won in his career. 
Now, for league titles, I'm just talking about the pro level. So okay. every every time he's won a championship, you don't have to tell me the year or what team, just what he won. How many times of the championship? How many times he won it? And yeah. Huh. That's kind of tricky. Well, being in Switzerland, I don't think there's gonna be any medals unless it was I don't think there's gonna be any medals being Switzerland. So met medals is just for like international hockey with team Switzerland. Okay. Would he have any? Like do, do, does the group A winners get medals? No, no they, they never been in Group A, so and he hasn't won a Stanley Cup yet. Um, did he win anything with Burn or Beal? That's my question. No, I don't even know. I don't think you know how this works. I ask the questions, you answer them. <laughs> I don't even know. Do I just say like Swiss A title? The Swiss A League title is that enough to say that? Like the National League. Yeah. That that's correct. That's one of them. He won okay. it in in 2019 with uh, Burn. Nice. And there's one more. Swiss B. I don't know. Is that your final answer? No, no. <laughs> okay. And so rem- got... remember, it can be gold, silver, or bronze medal or a league Ooh. title. Okay. Uh, I just don't think he. I still don't know if they got any. I should know. Like if he got any like bronzes, I should know. I should have that knowledge. I don't know if I do. Hmm. How many? Because hmm. he played in twenty twelve. He probably played in twenty eleven as well. The juniors. Um. Have they got any medals as juniors? I sh- I should really know this. Um. You should know this because he recently tweeted about it. Oh, I follow his Twitter. I do. Can I check his Twitter? No. <laughs> I'm okay, watching well, you. We're we're on video on Zoom, and I'm yeah, yeah. You keep your hands where I can see them. My hands here. They are. Um. Yeah. Swiss A League title. Um. World something bronze world what you gotta tell me which tournament are the championships going on world sure championships so you're going are they happening are they even going- happening are, are you saying world championships i can't think of another world thing well, maybe it's the World Juniors. Well, then it wouldn't have been recently tweeted about it. Unless he did win in 2012 bronze. Unless he's like, hey, remember this time back in 2012 when we won stuff? Maybe it was like a... Yeah, like a... Because like, it is World Junior season. Maybe it could be the Juniors. Hmm. I'm going to need an answer. I I don't think it was the Juniors. I don't think. So I'm going to say World Championship Bronze. Final answer. Final answer. You got the World Championship part, right? In 
2018, Switzerland won the silver medal at the World Hockey Championships. Nice for them. That's they impressive. beat they beat Canada in the semifinal three to two. Wow. That's they good. they lost to Sweden in the gold medal game in a shootout. Oh. Now the reason Damn. the reason he had tweeted about this was because um he that team won some sort of award from like Switzerland's governing body for sports. Nice. It was like team of the year or something, team of the decade. Good stuff. Um, because I'm yeah, it was silver. That's impressive. Yeah, 20, 2018 Worlds. Team Switzerland nice. won silver. Good stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's any stats here, so I can't tell you how well he he, he played. But yeah, he was. Hey. Silver, silver. Exactly. Nice. nice so you're one, one for three. Question four. You have your lifeline now if you want to use it. Question number four. How many career points does Gaetan Haas have at the pro level of hockey? So this is NHL, AHL, National League, and Swiss Second League. Combined, how many points? How many points? Five points. Five points. Okay, well, NHL he has ten. AHL he has. He does have ten at the NHL level. And AHL he has one. Yeah, that I know confidently. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how long is the league? The Swiss leagues are like what, like fifty games, around fifty games long. So, hmm. I'm trying to like, what would be like a good ballpark guess? He's been playing since 09, I think, in the Swiss League. So he's had a little bit of time to like get some points racked up. Um, okay, like I'm just trying to like math up a little bit of like <laughs> probability numbers and stuff in my head. You're Drinking. not getting this one right. <laughs> I had five point error only. Really? I was thinking that I, I maybe I should give you ten points. I don't know. Well, I mean, if I'm between five and ten, then you can decide at that. Okay, point. I'll make a judgment call. Yeah. Okay. Um. Like, I'm trying. To, I'm just like. <laughs> Because, like, I feel like his points per game is probably, like, around one. Around there. In, in the Swiss League. In the Swiss League, I'm thinking. Is it, though? It, it's probably, like, like it's it's got to be not too far off from one. Maybe, like, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9. And then, like, the games he's played, got to factor in that. Because, like, I haven't, like, read his Swiss League stats. I only know his NHL well, stats. Well, why not? I haven't, like, I, I've looked at them. I haven't, Ryan. like... Ryan just like seriously rolled his eyes at me. Like you could, you <laughs> you could probably hear him roll his eyes. Uh, okay. Um, I'm gonna come up with an answer here. I'm just gonna. Yeah, that's the point of this. One hundred and forty six. Final answer. 
56. Is that your final answer? That is. <laughs> yeah, you're going in the right direction. You're actually closer than I thought you'd be. Okay. Uh, the answer is 211 <laughs> career points. Nice. In 467 games at all those levels. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, your, I think you're one for four. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. LOL. Uh, hey, if you can get question five, I'll be impressed. I, I'd see that as an absolute win. I have only ever gotten one question five before. So, I think me too. Question five yeah. is very hard, man. Yeah. So, here is question five Name every pro team at the same levels I said before. That Gaetan Haas has played for, has played at least one game for. Okay, well, there's Burn HC and Beal HC, Edmonton Oilers, and Bakersfield Condors. Yep. Okay, so that leaves just the Swiss B League. What's my lifeline? The lifeline is I give you the last team. <laughs> well, I'll take my lifeline. What? What? Swiss B League? What team? What HC? All right, so. Gaetan Haas has played for your Edmonton Oilers. Yep. Two seasons there, if you count this season. Yep. The Bakersfield Condors, he's played two games for. Nice. In the National League, he played eight seasons for Beal or Biel. I say Biel. <laughs> Three seasons for Burn, including this season. And in the B League, he played one game for Ajoy Ajois. One game? <laughs> one game. And one the, game. Li- the lifeline was that I would give you Ajois. So okay. you kind of cheated your way to question five. So good job. I don't know about cheated. I, if I asked lifeline first, I would I, I literally gave you part of the answer. That's cheating. Well, that was your lifeline. <laughs> I'm not going to know this. I don't know any teams in the Swiss B League, especially when he's going to play one game for. A joy. A joy. A joie. I think it's a joie. I think it's like French Swiss. That sounds that sounds, that sounds right. You know how there's like a French part, a German part, and an Italian part? Yeah. I think it's a joie from the French part. A joie. So, hey, you went two for five. You got question five, right? Nice. Very on. impressive. Um, yeah. That kind of wraps up our show, hey? Sure do. You got uh, anything you want to say to the folks? Um, I just want to tell everybody, um, Happy New Year. Let's get this bread. Oilers Cup 2021. I really wish you didn't say that. Not the Oilers Cup part. That part's cool, but the, <laughs> the bread and, and the getting of the bread. I hate my generation so much. <laughs> Why can't you just speak normal English? Who I'm needs sorry. Normal English. That's a rant for another day. Uh, yeah, if you enjoyed the show, you can leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, tell all your friends. If not, also tell all your friends because we don't want your friends listening to garbage. Ryan, can we follow you on Twitter? Um, yes. One more thing I do want to mention um, is we didn't touch on the schedule, but we are playing Calgary 10 times. Can we just emphasize that? We are playing Calgary 10 times this year. That is all. 
Hang on, hang on. Let me try to do my El Macho impression from Despicable Me 2. Oh, Somebody's gosh. going to die tonight. <laughs> uh, you better put that in like the, the text for what this episode includes. Put Ethan's El Macho impression as the last bullet point before <laughs> trivia. I'll, I'll see if do I can it. fit it in. Uh, uh, but your Twitter. Yeah, at Mackie Ryan. Also, you... follow my fantasy team at EI underscore Monster TCHL. That's picking up. I tweet a little bit on there sometimes. Uh, you can follow me at Beduza Ethan or at Twitch Dangles or at Riggers CCHL or at CCHL Fantasy or I think I'm missing one. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, also, I also run the podcast account, which is at YEG Sports Pod. Uh, you can also check out our website, yegsports.com. I finally wrote something again. Uh, I basically break down the Oilers schedule for the season. I think it's the best article I've written up there, but you be the judge. Maybe Ryan will write something one day, eventually. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, psychology him into writing something. <laughs> uh, I know I already asked you this, but I asked you it in the wrong spot. Is there anything else you want to say to the folks? Um, so I should make a Buddy Robinson comic book series. Why don't you make it? That's a very good question. You can I don't draw. want to give the flames more attention. Actually, yeah, you know what? Maybe I will do it, but it'll just be like the hero, Buddy Robinson, just like losing every mission. To, like, oh my god, yes. Okay, we're going to start a Patreon, and for $5 a month, you can get the latest issue of, of the adventures of Buddy Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> get on it. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Hope everyone has just a great 2021. Hope everyone already had an excellent Christmas. Um, yeah, we got big stuff planned for the new year, so uh, stay tuned. Happy birthday, Gaetan, you elite center, you. Uh, that other guy, Sam Bennett, he's a bust. And uh, we'll see you guys next year.